And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Infinity. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast with David Risman and Mickey Brennan. Lots to get through on this episode. We had our Camogues out, there was Minor Hurling Championship, uh, Leinster Minor Hurling Championship, the under 20 um, inter-county Hurling League. Mead were playing Cork. Uh, there was some club results and then we'll be having a look at some fixtures that are coming up. We'll be looking at GA predictions and the shenanigans that have gone on there and the um, scandal that went on there. Somebody has broken into the uh, Court NGA predictions um, system, but we will come back to that. Uh, we'll also be going to our usual lotos and Instagram segments. But uh, Davey, yeah, busy, busy weekend of action, and you know the 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 we, we've all county football league coming up next week as well, and there's so much going on at the minute. We're right in the midst of uh, of a GA bonanza. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? You know, busy season and games every which way you look. And thankfully, Mickey, a very positive weekend last weekend across the board, really, with all of our county teams performing extremely well. And um, I know last weekend was big, but arguably you could say that next weekend coming is even bigger with the fixtures that are in store. So um, looking forward to to a busy couple of weeks to come. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we kick it off, Davey, and uh, we'll start with... Uh, results from our inter-county teams from the weekend and we're going to start with the Camogues. They got themselves back on track with a win. They beat Kildare 14 points to 6. This game was in Hawkfield. Um, and Davy, the, the Camogues have put themselves right back in the hunt and it's all going to come down to their last game um, which will be next Saturday at 3pm in Park Talchon where they'll face off against Cork. Both of them on level points, three, 6 points apiece. Um, and the winner of that will see themselves through to a semi-final. Yeah, it's a huge game, Mickey, in Park Sultan um, as well. So home advantage for me could well be significant, but I suppose it, it's going to be a big step up maybe to what they faced last weekend against Kildare. They, although it's a sort of local derby match between the sides, Meads have had the Indian sign over Kildare in recent years, and to continue that with a comfortable enough victory, um, 14 points to six, led by eight points to one and a half time, and then kicked on probably... Um, a little bit too close for maybe comfort for Brendan Skeehan in the end, but they were never in any great danger losing this game. Um, and I suppose, as you said, Mickey, on the back of that, that defeat to Wexford a couple of weeks previous, it was important to get back to winning ways. Ethan Minogue was superb, five points on the day, three of those coming from play. There was uh, three for Megan Thine, the dual player, all from play. Uh, there was a brace each for Amy Gaffney and the returning Christina Troy, and there's a point each for Sinead Hackett and Grace Coleman. So a decent spread of scores across the board. One maybe small concern is that they don't seem to be um, hitting the back of the net all too often. And that, I suppose, 
it will be a concern, but maybe at this stage of the season, that's not to the forefront of your thoughts because of the types of conditions and, and the way that in which pitches are. Um, so possibly that'll improve with a drier ball. But look, they're in the mix, and I think going into the final round, that's all you would have hoped for, really. Yeah, it's second versus third in the final round. Uh, Cork versus Mead, or Mead versus Cork. Um, Cork just ahead of Mead at the moment with a, a score difference of uh, plus 13. Mead's is plus five, so eight points in the difference. So... Only a win for uh, the Mead Camogues will do the next day um, next day out on Saturday. Incidentally, you mentioned the dual player already. A dual player is going to have to make a decision because the Mead ladies will be taking on Mayo at the z- exact same time in Clonus. And I don't think we'll be able to uh, do one half of hurling and one half of football this time because there's a little bit of a uh, uh, distance between Park Tolchin and Clonus. It is... Clonus was one of the venues the last time, I think. Or was it Inishkeen? Inishkeen, yeah. Inishkeen, yeah. And, uh, and of course, um, Kingsman Brefney was the other um, uh, uh, pitch that was uh, in question. But, yeah, uh, Megan Thine is going to have to make that decision, Davy. And, it's, again, I suppose before we move on, like we, we have to talk about that briefly. Um, how, how does this keep happening? I don't know, Mickey, because of the episode last year and how publicised it was, um, you would have thought that this would have been the prime example to set a precedence for and, and basically not let this happen again. And here we are, what, 12 months later, um, in the exact same position, albeit I think the Camogues were in the semi-final last year, maybe me, they were in the last round of the group game or yeah. something like that. But same sort of scenario, only the other way around. She's an influential player for both. She's actually... Um, almost broken into the football team as well, you know, and that's not an easy team to get into. She's been very good in the early season for them. Camogie, she got three points last weekend, all from play. Listening to Brendan Skihan after the game, it does sound like she she may well have to just make a decision and she could well side with the footballers on this occasion. But as you said, that's it's just not fair on Megan because um, that's a decision she shouldn't be punished for making because she's so committed to both teams. But, you know, here we are yet again. Yeah, you know, like um, Sunday. What's what's wrong with Sunday? Um, it's also uh, a four-day bank holiday. Um, Friday, <laughs> you know. Uh, look, I, I just I just feel for the girl, and we we find ourselves in the very same scenario as we did last year. And um, look, um, so wh- whichever association is in the wrong, somebody has to start looking at them. Maybe if they all came under the one umbrella. In um in Crow Park and the GEA, you know that might all be sorted. So that's to be seen just yet. Anyways, moving on with some more of the results from the weekend, and we're going to go to uh, the <clears throat> the hurlers on Saturday, and uh, the minor hurlers were taken on down. Um, uh, I'm just looking down at it here, Davy, and yeah, yeah, the minor hurlers won on a scoreline of four fourteen to Downs, one goal and eleven. That game was played in um Balella up in Downs. So um, the lads, I think that's their second win, Davy, um, on the trot for the minor hurlers. I think Drew wasn't in the trot. Oh, the Drew Westmead yeah. is right. Yeah, sorry, sorry. But nonetheless, um, it, it's a very positive start, Mickey. Absolutely. Yeah. I suppose two really positive performances and to go up there to down. OK, it wasn't the, the, the fortress, as we know, in yeah. Ballycran, but nonetheless, uh, a huge victory to go up and back up that really impressive performance the week previously against Westmead. 
um, and, and now sitting, you know, pretty sort of with three points and uh, qualification, I think, assured um, at this stage. But um, brilliant for them. I, I know they've done a lot of work and, and uh, that's that's a huge win, Mickey. Yeah, absolutely. And a nine point victory over um, uh, Den. There's still plenty of games, Davy, to be played. They haven't just secured qualification just yet. Um, they are in a group of six. So uh, Antrim, Carlo and Derry to come yet for uh, the Mead lads. They are just a point behind Antrim who have two wins from two. But uh, all uh, all signs so far are, are very positive for the lads. So um, we'll wish them the, the best of luck in their next fixture. And also on Saturday... Uh, in the Leinster Under-20 Hurling League, the Development League, um, it was Westmead 117, 20 points, to Meads 2 goals and 9, that's 15, a 5-point victory for Westmead in Dungani. Yeah, it, it probably hasn't been the best of uh, Development Leagues for the Hurlers, just like the footballers really at Under-20 level. Um, there was some, some near misses at, at times, they've been pretty competitive across the three games, but... Uh, or across the two games rather but um, unfortunately they just haven't been able to, to muster up a result but I think Peter Dernan will be will be looking towards the positives they've been competitive in both games against two really strong teams in Westmead and Offaly so um, I, I, I think they'll be okay and they'll look forward to the commencement of the championship just like the footballers but safe in the knowledge that you know they do need to improve and they do need to just probably uh, tighten up on a few things and the results will, will no doubt come yeah, absolutely, and uh, definite progress when you think that Westmead and Offaly would be two of the more renowned hurling uh, counties at underage level in in Leinster. Mead putting it up to both of them, so um, they can definitely come away from that holding their head high. And it is a development league, so a chance to see uh, plenty of players. Um, Davey, moving on to the big one now uh, from Sunday, and it was a crucial clash between Mead and Cork in Division two of the Alliance Football Leagues and uh, Mead and Cork both, you know, going into that game knowing what was at stake and both of them needing to win but it was Mead who came away with the victory and quite a comprehensive victory it has to be said as well, Davey Rusman. One eighteen to Mead and uh, one goal and ten to uh, a, a fairly desperate Cork on on the afternoon. Pathetic Cork, Mickey. Um, pathetic is the one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, however I heard that before. Well, but no, I wasn't going to use pathetic. I don't need any death threats on um, social media. So. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, Colin. but but thankfully, Colm has a has a national audience to voice his uh, his opinions on. We're very much a sort of local demographic, so I, I think yeah. we should be all right. But um, look, it, it was a poor Cork team. There's no doubt about it. But Let's let's give ourselves a little bit of credit for our change because we're so often, you know, we focus on Mead and how poor we've been and how we should have won this game and that game. I think for a change, let's let's just kind of uh, salivate over an eight point victory and, and a comfortable enough victory in the end, which was great to see. The foundations laid essentially in that first half, you know, playing against the breeze for a consecutive game. Yeah, <laughs> um, I joked with Andy about that uh, over in the Lloyd Royals, which you'll hear, but. Uh, he says they'll need to do a little bit of work and Shane McAtee isn't now to blame because Killian O'Sullivan is now losing tosses as well. So, um, but <laughs> first half performance was excellent, Mickey. 11 points against a pretty decent breeze as well was excellent shooting. They created a couple of, um, I suppose, decent goal opportunities for themselves, but were a lot more clinical in the in the final third than they have been in recent weeks um, in front of the sticks. And um, 
Kilno Sullivan back into the team, captain in the side. He was very good in the first half, kicked two really, really smart scores. Shane Walsh, you know, was really direct, sort of took the game to them. Jordy Morris picked off a few beautiful scores and um, one goal chance that went over an expensive point. But Cork and their response, you know, relied relied heavily on the likes of Stephen Sherlock and um and a few others to get them scores, Blake Murphy and, and Brian Hurley. But Mead were good in the second half as well. That little slow start, 13 minutes without a score to start in the second half, but there wasn't too much damage done in that time. They'd hit foot one four in a five-minute period, um, which would really sort of uh, spearhead the charge. The penalty coming from Jordy Morris. For sure enough, in the end, Mickey hit the butt of the post and it came back and hit the keeper on the back of the head and into the net. But the, the move um, leading up to the penalty was brilliant. It was like watching Mead four or five years ago. You know, the, that running game um, at its brilliant best and lovely link-up play between several players. Um, and they played with great confidence and seeing the game out comfortably as well, which was important. And um, even at the end, I, I thought that the supporters who were quite nervous at times during the game, particularly in the early stages, really sort of gave... Um, a great ovation to the team as uh, as the final whistle blew and good to see young fellas and young ones out on the pitch getting autographs and photographs with the Mead players after. It's a while since we've seen that. Yeah, great to see the bring a ball back um, as well. So all the players, all the kids in the field at half time. But I suppose I, I put up a tweet on our We Are Mead um, uh, Twitter account on the week, uh, on Friday maybe or Saturday and it was great to see that they bring a ball back is back, but you know, bring the noise as well because you know a, this group of lads they need the crowd behind them as well, and they need the positivity from the meat supporters. And it can't be underestimated. We were speaking about it over on the We Are Cavan uh, podcast. It can't be underestimated what you know. Uh, uh, the, the atmosphere in your home ground can do for a bunch of players as well. Yeah, but I suppose that works both ways. You know, the supporters will respond when they see, you know, the players giving them something to respond to and, and vice versa. And I have to say that the Mead footballers, in, particularly in the first half, their, their work rate and their endeavours from back to front was excellent. You know, they, they really did press Cork and... They gave me supporters something to, to cheer and, and to get excited about, which is probably, you know, the first time at home we've seen that this year. I think it's fair to say. And um, that that coincided with the return of Brian Menton as well, Mickey. You know, it was like he was never away. I mean, just pr- probably gassed a little bit towards the end, but played the whole 70 plus minutes, kicked two trademark points, um, which was brilliant. And uh Great, great performance by him and a really solid display from the full back line. And in particular, I have to mention Harry Hogan. Five, five first half points from Freeze. All sorts of angles, again against the Breeze. To yeah. me, he kicks better against the Breeze than he does with it. Um, but he's a special talent. And I suppose if you're going to pick a couple of positives from uh, from the league to date, you'd have to say he's one of them. And the other one may be Owen Harkin at full back. I'd have to say they're the two standout ones. And Carl Hickey was excellent again in the half back line. Another lovely thing to see, Mead had 13 uh, wides or missed opportunities, but scored 19 times. So huge um, increase in the shot to score ratio there as well, Davey. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like 118 is the biggest score we've put up by by some margin now at this stage of um of the league. And uh it was like watching the sort of mead of old um, you know, of a few years ago when we when we get a purple patch, we would blow a team away in the space of five or six minutes. And maybe we haven't seen that, you know, in recent times. Um but also, I mean, on Cork, I kind of said it, you know, last week, they're, they're so open. They've conceded 779 in five uh, league matches. That's the most in any of the four divisions. They're conceding an average of 20 points. And, you know, we were nearly right on the mark with 118. But what they've been doing as well, Cork, is they've been scoring at the other end. And credit to the Mead lads, they didn't give them a sniff, really, I would say. And to limit them to 110, OK, the goal was disappointing from a Mead perspective to concede, but... Uh, overall, you'd have taken that every day of the week. Yeah, absolutely. And 10 different scores for me on the day as well, Davy. And I suppose we're getting to squeaky bum time at the end of the league. And not only is it squeaky bum time for the league, but you also only have a three-week lead in, I think, then to Leinster Championship. So it's different to any other year um, in that you'd normally have a couple of months off before the um, championship would start and, and and you got to do another pre-season. So maybe Mead are starting to get players back, get a settled team and starting to peak a little bit just at the right time. I, I, I think you're, you're 100%, Mickey. The only really glaring omission at the minute is, is Connor McGill. Um, we're not quite sure exactly where he's at. Um, but thankfully... You know, we've we've done an unbelievable job in plugging the gap of him there at fullback because it was a mighty concern at the start of the league. But you'd have to say young Harkin has, has done exceptionally well. Um Killing O'Sullivan back, Jason Scully's gone from strength to strength. He's been absolutely fantastic in the last three or four games, nailed down a position for himself. Uh, the midfield is back to that, you know, tried and tested first choice at Jones and Menton. Harnan goes to six in the absence of Shane McEntee. Uh, James McEntee actually came on, Mickey. Uh, at half time for uh, Cahill Hickey, who, who I think probably an injury uh, precaution maybe to take him off. He obviously went off against Offaly early in the piece yeah. with a hamstring strain. So uh, that maybe was a savvy move on behalf of Andy. But James McAdee came on and kicked two points in that second half, you know, and, and showed showed his worth. Clotheslined the lad as well and, and got a yellow card for it, I think about 20 seconds into the second half. But after that, I have to say he didn't put a foot wrong and he was really impressive. Robin Clark, did he come back from injury, Davy? Because we, I know we were worried about him as well. He did, yes. Very solid again. You know, a corner back, uh, as was Jordy Muldoon in the other corner. You know, t- uh, two, two or three inexperienced enough players there. But the likes of, we'd say, Jordy has had to bide his time, you know, and kind of sit and wait and watch and work hard and train. And, and it just shows the benefit of of doing that. And you get your rewards if you keep at it. And he's a prime example of that. He's, he's a nailed-on starter now. Do we get to see anybody else who may be coming back into the fold? Um... Yeah, we've we seen we seen uh, Joey Wallace and Eamon Wallace again, who've you know gave sizable contributions over the last number of weeks. Uh, Brian McMahon, who hasn't played all that much in in the league so far, he came on for a brief cameo at the end, and Ronan Ryan also made a, a cameo in the seventy first minute. Interested to see Luke Moran uh, in the match day twenty six for the first time, the trim full back. Uh, didn't taste game time, but that's his first time into the to the twenty six. So um, yeah, most definitely, probably scope for fellas to come in and uh, the likes of James O'Hare, David McAtee, James Toher, uh, fellas like that still probably could could see a little bit of game time before the league is out. Yeah, and you mentioned Shane McAtee, the absence of Shane McAtee. He's making his way 
abroad now for um, army duty and will be without him for the rest of the season. But Killian Clark picked up the mantle of of of, of captain on his own, um, and the, the other players that come in to the fold, you know, they're they're gonna make sure that when Shane comes back, that you know, he, it's not gonna be easy for him. And, no, and that, that's what that's what Shane would want. It, it'd be great to get Killian Clark from Calvin Mickey, but uh, Killian O'Sullivan is, oh, is sorry, a pretty, Killian O'Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> he's a pretty able deputy, absolutely. And uh, do you know what? He, he hasn't been at his best. I know he had a bout of COVID earlier in the league, and I think it hit him hard. And it's taken him a few rounds and a few games to get back to his brilliant best. But I thought he was he was exceptional. His running from deep, work right off the ball, kicked two points. Um, led by example, you know, and obviously a big day for him and his family too. And um, I have to say he lived up to the bill and he was very impressive. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Uh, well done to Killian. And uh, that is, of course, Killian O'Sullivan, not Killian Clark. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automore from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Davey, we uh, are obviously going to do a full review of the Mead game over on our Loyal Royals podcast. And uh, we have a brilliant interview with the goalkeeper extraordinaire and top scorer on the day for Mead, Harry Hogan. And, of course, we have an exclusive with Andy McEntee. That's one not to be missed. It's a it's a 10-minute long interview with Andy McEntee after Mead picked up their first victory of the uh, Alliance League this year. And, of course, it's not done just yet because they have a... Couple of big games coming up, Davy. And um, let's just say, and um, I suppose we'll give out the fixtures for for the next for the upcoming uh, week and for the county teams. So on Thursday, our hurlers, the under twenty hurlers, are out in the uh, league against Carlo in the um, the development league. There, then on Saturday in the minor football championship group two. Uh, Mead travel over to Longford and Lennon Brothers Pierce Park to take on uh, Longford at 12 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Then in uh, the Hurling um, on Sunday, it is that massive clash between Mead and Carlow. Do or die, Davy Rispin, for the Mead Hurlers. Um, a victory is all that will will, will keep them in, in, in uh, Division 2A um, uh, for next year. Yeah, just the way the results have gone. Mead started this campaign ever so well, didn't they, Mickey, with a with a brilliant win in Newbridge over Kildare. Unfortunately, it's regressed uh, dramatically since that. However, they do have an opportunity at home to Carlo um, to, to try and redeem themselves and possibly put Carlo down at their expense, which would uh, be extraordinary. We know that they have these one-off games in them. We've seen them last year, particularly in Championship, the win over Kerry in Navan, the win over Kildare in uh, in Parnell Park. So it, it is there, but 
you just don't really know what you're going to get from them at the minute, which is the concern. And, you know, Carlo did come to Navan last year in the league and they gave us a tight hammering. So I, I think the start is important here. I think they've conceded a goal in the first yeah. minute of each of their last three games. If they give Carlo a, a kind of start like that this, this Sunday, it's probably not going to bode well for them. So I think a fast start is of, of paramount importance. And uh, there's great work being done. And similar to maybe what was happening with the footballers, they're, they're obviously training extremely well, but they're struggling to get that on, on a match day and replicate it. Hopefully, for Nick and the lads' sake, that they can do that this this Sunday. Back by whoever doesn't go to, to Clare, hopefully there'll be a big crowd in Park Tolton to cheer on the lads. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, it is on Sunday. It's Park Tolton and it's 12.30. It's the final round, round five of the Allianz Hurling League Division 2A. Meet against Carlo. If you're not heading down to Clare, get into Park Tolton, you'll still get to hear uh, the meet game um, against Clare. Because that's on Sunday as well at 2 o'clock, and that's in Cusick Park in Ennis. Um, another massive one, Davy Rispin. Both teams on four points. I think there's only maybe one or two points between them um, uh, in score difference on the table. So it's, it's it's just a huge game, and 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 the win for either team guarantees them Division 2 football for, for 2023. Yeah, Clare have got embroiled, haven't they, in the last couple of weeks? Started the league like a house on fire, accumulated uh, four points in double quick time, but they've they've slowly gone backwards and now all of a sudden they're sort of staring over their shoulder and right in the, the wing mirror of the car, it's uh, Andy McEntee and the Beat Senior football team blazing up on their outside. So <laughs> it's it's a great opportunity for me to go there, get a victory and try and finish this this league on a high and ultimately preserve their status with a game to spare and then try and you know build on whatever they do against Derry on the last day in Navan. Um, traditionally and recently we have a really good record against Clare it's always tough but you know more often than not we've got the better of them of course I think we sealed we more or less sealed promotion uh, down in Ennis a couple of years ago on St Patrick's weekend and you know here we are a few few years later okay we're not going for promotion but it'd be still equally as nice to to seal um, our survival in the division and do you know what Mickey if you if you had said that three weeks ago that we'd be in a position to go down to Ennis uh, this weekend coming with survival in our own hands with a game to spare. I, t- I tell you what, we did taking your hand off for it. Um, so it's a great opportunity to keep the momentum going. But, you know, make no mistake, this will be a really, really tough game. Clare of great quality. The likes of Keelan Sexton, David Tuberty still going strong. Uh, Colin Collins' son, Podge, is still a, a fixture in that team. So th- this will be a tough game. And Mead will have to probably come on for the court game and improve another little bit. But I'd be confident. Yeah, Um you know, when you look at the fixtures that Clare had, um, I suppose their, their, their first few games gave them that opportunity to get their, their points on the board. Then they came up against the likes of Common and Galway, and uh, or was it Derry and, and uh, uh, Galway? Mm-hmm. You know, and Meath had to play uh, Galway and Common in the first two games, and their backs are up against it then, and, and you're playing chase, catch up and you're chasing games. There's a lot to be said for the momentum, and, and Clare still find themselves like people aren't talking about Clare as being in the relegation the way they have been about Mead. There hasn't been as much pressure on, on Clare for the last two games that they lost. Do you know what I'm saying? Because they had four points on the board. So mm. it's a lot to be said for, I suppose, getting a couple of easier teams to play at the, the beginning of your uh, national football league had, had Mead, we'll say got cork 
and you know down or offly in their first two games they probably get four points um and then you're looking up instead of looking down or looking behind you for the last couple of games of the league yeah, like I think the way it's gone with Claire, as you say, with the, with the exception of the brilliant draw against Roscommon, yeah. they'll have been frustrated to maybe uh, only draw with Cork, as it turns out now. But that was down in Cork, and I suppose with Meads games, we we always looked at the fixture list and we said, okay, the first two games are going to be extremely tough, but after that, we would be confident to going on a run. As it turned out, we have gone on some sort of run, yeah. saying that we would have liked to have beaten down and uh, obviously awfully, but the way it panned out, I think we'll be happy enough with the two points. And as you said, that momentum or that confidence um, that Mead have now all of a sudden, and maybe Claire don't have as much, uh, could be a bit of a, a tide turner in this game. It's a big game because, like, you know, Mead are to win it, preserve our status, but Claire are right in it then, you know, they're right in and amongst it. They won't be in the relegation zone come Sunday evening, regardless of what happens, but they couldn't be too far away from it if they do, if they don't pick up a point or two. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? Just looking at it as well, a draw would not be the worst result in the world either um, because for, for me, because they would definitely have uh, like the head-to-head in Cork and score difference on down. If they were to pick up a couple of wins, they'd have to pick up a huge score um uh to um to 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 trouble me so yeah um you know draw win but we want to see the win on um on sunday afternoon in uh, in ennis and we wish andy and the lads the very best of luck as we said from the game against cork we have the full review over on our loyal royals podcast coming out this week with harry hogan and the exclusive with andy McEntee as well we'll also on our loyal royals podcast be uh, previewing the all county football leagues for the upcoming week they're starting tomorrow um, today is monday and they're starting on tuesday so um, we're hoping to have that podcast recorded and out on tuesday for all of our listeners and uh, uh yeah the, the all county football league stevie rispin um they're just just class it's just just brilliant to have them back yeah, I think the club players are delighted. And, and to be fair, by and large, I think most of them are getting games on, on Wednesday and Thursday. There is a few uh, teams that are getting sickened with games on Sunday after a two-day bank holiday midweek and stuff. But, yeah. by, you know, I, I think I think most club players out there are absolutely thrilled. The weather has kind of gone a, gone a little bit better as well, hasn't it, in the last few weeks? And it just feels a bit more uh, springy, you know. Um but but early days, but a good opportunity for clubs maybe to set down a bit of a marker and uh, to to sort of build early season form. There is a it is a long time towards championship, but um and I don't think any club is probably at full tilt yet. But um I think it's important not to not to get caught adrift and and to 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 go on a bit of a winless run. And I think a lot of clubs that didn't pick up a win maybe in the first round will be targeting this weekend as a, as a big weekend to to try and get points on the board. Yeah, they will indeed. And um, before we move on to the results from last weekend in the All-County Hurling Leagues, um, just again, those two fixtures from the ladies. The Camogues will take on Cork on Saturday at 3pm in Park Talchin and at 3pm in Clonus on Saturday also. Uh, at the same time, same day, it's ladies uh, football and it's Mead against Mayo in the um, Little National Football League um, semi-final and uh, what a day out that is going to be for the girls so Dave you're just going to move through the results from the All-County Hurling Leagues from the last weekend and we'll start on Friday night and all the games that were played on Friday night the All-County Hurling League Division 5 it was St. Pat's 4-13 Rathmaline 1 goal and 8 
Um, in Division 4, Rathout 5 points, Kildalki 3 goals and 14 points. In Division 3, Dunham Ashburn and Trim did not go ahead um, on Friday night. That game was postponed, and uh, or else we don't have a score for it. Um, in Division 2, on Friday night, it was Navin and Matney's 9 points, Kalyan 1 goal and 6. And I know Colin O'Brien um, was definitely at that one. I think he may have sent me a text about it. Um, on Saturday in the All-County Hurling League Division 3, Kilskir Myla, 3 goals and 18, without 10 points. All-County Hurling League Division 4, Clonagale won 9, St. Peter's Dunboyne 2-7, a one-point victory there for um, St. Peter's Dunboyne in that one. Um, they were visiting that boy and came away with the spoils. Uh, then in the All-County Hurling League Division 1, it was Kildalki 1-15, Kilmessen 9 points, that game also on Saturday. And finally on Saturday in the All-County Hurling League Division 2, Boards Mill 1-5, Dundery 14 Dundery moving well on all fronts at the moment at the moment and then moving into Sunday the All-County Hurling League Division 5 Dundery again were out and they were taking on St Peter's Dunboyne they came away with the victory uh, Dun Dundery did 115 to 111 All-County Hurling League Division 4 Boards Mill 3-9 Killian 16 points um, All-County Hurling League Division 3 2 games here Kildalki 2-19 Kilmessen 2-9 Rathman Line 4-14 Gail Column Kill Kells, two goals and seven. All County Hurling League Division Two, Blackhall Gale, 17 points, Wolf Tones, 3-9, a one-point victory there for Wolf Tones. Goals win games, as we always say. And then also on Sunday, the All County Hurling League Division One. St. Peter's Dunboyne won 15. They're new, newly promoted, are they, Davy? I think. Um uh in senior championship anyway, I think. Um are they? Yeah, they are. They'll be playing. I think they'll be playing in Grade A, won't they? The championship this year, yeah. Yeah, newly promoted up to Grade A. Grade A. Uh, St. Peter's the boy, one fifteen. Nafina one ten uh, in the local derby. There, Kiltail two eighteen. Clan McGale's first one four one eleven. So huge victory there for Kiltail. And then Trim two goals and twenty. Rathold one goal and ten double scores there for Trim and. Uh, um, Davy, look, it's hard to gauge the hurling at this time of the year, um, but all the teams would have been back training the same as the Gaelic footballers. A lot of them would be dual players as well. But any of the results stick out for you? I suppose Trim against Rathout, the repeat of the final from a few years ago. Yeah, Trim, Trim with a landslide victory. Obviously, Rathout would have been missing so plenty of bodies. Um, Kiltail going strong. You know, with a win over Clannagale, who I know are struggling on sort of all fronts at the minute. As you said, Dunry going well. Two wins picked up over the weekend. A win last weekend in the football as well. So they're flying. Um, Kildalki, the reigning and defending senior champions, of course. They opened up with a big win um, over Kilmess. And I think one. 10 or 111 between Evan Fitzgerald and Connor Kearney. So they're uh, flying and going really well. Interesting to see Niall McKay talk out for Navin O'Matney's Mickey. Uh, we haven't seen him on the football pitch so far this year, but he lined out, I think, at centre half forward for the hurlers over the weekend. So that was an interesting one for uh, for them. And uh, there was um, a couple of goals for uh, the, the brilliantly named Oriel Halley Garcia for the Wolf Tones, Mickey. He uh, accounted for two goals out of Wolf Tones' tally of 3-9 as they got a one-point victory um, over Blackhall Gales, 3-9 to 17. What a name, and uh, watch that one for the future because uh, if he keeps going the way he's going, um, I'm sure that some of the commentators on the local radio and national radio even may struggle with that one but uh, what a name absolutely brilliant and well done to him for uh, those scores uh, in the Wolf Tones game absolutely brilliant um, 
So the All County Hurling League, I don't think, is on next week, Davey, is it? No, a week after, every second week, yeah. Yeah, so it's a day of a break next week. It is going to be All County Football League. So we'll come back to results um, for the All County Hurling League in two weeks' time. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. We're going to move on now, and uh, I suppose we'll go to the GA predictions.ie. It's the, the fundraiser that um, Core Town have been running for the last couple of years, and uh, um, it's the one where you give your predictions on all the uh, Alliance Football Leagues for the weekend and whatever. And I suppose start off with Davy. There's there's a bit of a scandal um, in the uh, GA predictions.ie. Your server and your I don't know your system and everything has been hacked, um, and some someone has got in and has given predictions for a couple of different people that didn't actually give their predictions. So they've gone in. In a, uh, and pretended to be them. They've stolen their identities and gone in and um, uh, given a list of predictions that were just, you know, ridiculous, you know. Um, but it's not on, baby. Oh, very strange, Mickey. And, and by complete coincidence, it so happened to be yourself and Mr. P.S. Tapes that were the yeah. ones that were uh, viciously victimised and targeted in this uh, cyber attack. Um and incredibly, all of the games that both these predicted were to be draws, with the exception of Mead and Calvin, who, who were picked to win. Um, so a really strange happening of events. But PS Tapes, you know, almost immediately uh, notified, you know, us of, of what had happened to him. And uh, we were made aware of it. Yeah, we were made aware. Can we rule out the Russians at this stage, Dave? Um, <laughs> you know. No, I don't think we can. Like first it was the HSE um system being hacked and now it is the Cortown GA predictions.ie. There's it's 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 just a travesty that you know someone would go in and try to steal myself and PS tapes um Paddy Stapleton's identity. But I suppose we did a little bit of we'd say um reconnaissance on this, Davy. So, you know, we got all Magnum PI on it. Um, we decided, right, well, what way will we work this out? We need to go in and see what email addresses did they use? So there was a there was predictions done for me, but the address that was used, the email address that was used wasn't my email address. But the email address for PS Tapes was the actual email address. Then we went in, Davy Rispin, and we said, is there any way we could get in contact with somebody who's maybe a little bit more tech savvy? And you got in contact with somebody, Davy, and they were able to tell us something. What was that, Davy? That um, <laughs> that two entries um came in obviously for for yourself and and for PS tapes um the I won't call out your email because I don't want to you know obviously reveal that on the podcast but but your email was was slightly different to the one that was entered for you 
Yeah. Um, so we decided to look up the IP addresses of, um, you know, of where, the predictions. And, of where they came from. So the IP exactly. address would, would then determine where, uh, did they come from the one IP address? And I think you found that they did both come from the one IP address. Yeah, I did. So the, the two entries for yourself and Paddy Staple and PS Tapes came from the same IP address. I have the IP address here again. I won't name that out. Yeah, stay with us. Stay with us, listeners. I know. I know we're getting a bit pedantic here, but we 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 have to let you know what happened here. But remarkably, um, the same IP address was used for PS Tapes's first round entry from weeks ago. From weeks ago, so therefore we were able to determine that whoever sent the predictions last week for myself and Paddy Stapleton um, had sent them from the same place, basically, and the same computer and the same uh, uh, Wi-Fi as Paddy Stapleton himself would have sent it from on the first day and on the second day of the predictions and even the third day of the predictions and even the fourth day because this was the fifth week of the predictions. And then we thought to ourselves, Davey, my God, Paddy's wife is after hacking his uh, computer and putting in predictions. And then I said, thought about it. Now, in no way, Dee would not do such a thing. Dee is a lovely, lovely person. But Paddy Stapleton, on the other hand, Davy Respin. You can forget not... about Paddy Stapleton as much <laughs> as he's a man, Mickey. <laughs> Paddy Stapleton, we are outing you on the podcast here. Tried to be clever and put in these predictions for myself. And then... So as to not incriminate himself, he did the same for himself. He put in all draws for both of us and whatever, and then started texting us, making out that somebody had hacked the system. And Paddy Stapleton, we've got news for you. We've done our research and we've done our our investigations and we know, Paddy Stapleton, that it was you. You were cribbing and crying today, Paddy Stapleton, about how your, your new predictions that you did on the weekend hadn't gone through and we're going to leave it up to our listeners to say whether you should be allowed to use your new predictions as they would be from uh, last weekend or should we make him Davy Rissman use the all draws and the win for me and Cavan that would mean that he'd only have two results right in the whole weekend yeah absolutely and that would equate to 11 points versus the 29 points from his second prediction um, so I, I've got the two tables, um, the two versions of the tables, obviously one with, with yeah. the 11 and one with the, with the 29. So we'll leave that up to the listeners for the sake of, um, everybody else will, will read out the table because everybody else did a good fair stab at it. Um, and I'll start from the people who have consistently done, uh, points up until this point, Tom O'Connor is sitting bottom of the pile. Now, to be fair to Tom, he's missed two of the five weeks. Okay. Um, so he's got he's got 56 points, which is decent enough going, despite the fact he's missed two weeks. Uh, ahead of Tom is Tom McLeod, 67 points. Uh, 75 points for Zach Griffin, who also missed a week, so that's very impressive. Keir Lawler's missed a week too. She's on 81. Robert Perfield hasn't missed a week, but he's on 83. Uh, so not, not great going from Rob there. Uh, Mags Joyce is on 84. Kenny Morgan, 86. 87 apiece for Shane Mangan and Susan Farrell. 
Susan making good progress as the league has gone on, to be fair to her. A yeah, bit like absolutely. me. She was in relegation trouble earlier on, but she's starting to steer clear of it now. Um, I wish I could say the same for our beloved Chelsea Football Club because uh, I, d- I don't think they're <laughs> they're out of jail or out of trouble just yet, Mickey, but that's that's another story. Um, Tommy Owens is on 89. I'm on 93. Joanne Byrne is also on 93. Porrick Boylan is on 99. There is Mickey Brennan crossing the 100 uh, mark. He's on 101. Uh, Come he's, on. He's joined there by Garrett Lynch. Davy Byrne and... Dara McGill are on 102, 103 for Henry Clifford, 106 for Alan Brown, 107 for Peter Duffy. You're getting closer to him, Mickey. Uh, then there's a host of people on 108, including Gary Coyne, Alan Tormey, Barry McDonald and Cormac Matamo. 110 for Pora Coyle, Colin O'Brien, Richard Quigley. Colin O'Brien and Richard Quigley and, sorry, uh, yeah, sorry, Colin O'Brien and Richard Quigley and Nicholas Finley are on 111. 112 is Shane McNiff. If he gets the vote of the listeners, PS Tapes, the, the shamed PS Tapes will be on 113 points. Boo, boo, hiss, boo. Fergal Lynch, who's done pretty honest predictions and actually had a very good week with 31 points, he finds himself on 113 114 a pop for Mark McCoy and Leo Weldon. Gary Alder and Shane Mulvaney are 116. Sean Hughes, 117. Dunnick Elite, Lynch, 119. 123 for Aideen Smith and Damien Farley. Jamie Costler's on 126. Shamie Gallagher's on 128. 129 for Eddie Holton. Uh, 131 for Mike Chambers. 133 for Paura Carlin, a previous winner. Nicky Gogan, 135, second, and top of the tree once again with 140. A really good week from him after a, a poor enough week last week and the week before, Barry Han. So Barry Han leads by five with two weeks to go. Yeah, he's been there, thereabouts from the very beginning. I think there was only one week he wasn't on the top of the table. Am I right, Davey? Yes, that's right, yeah. Nicky. Um, and PS tapes will drop to where um, uh, if, he, if he gets the points deduction. So if you take 11 points off his tally from last week, that would, um, sorry, if you take 18 points off his tally from last week, uh, that would bring him back to 95, which would put him only two points ahead of me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like, you know, if, if it was the Russians who did it, they'd be suspended on their assets and be frozen at this stage, <laughs> so they would Davy Resmond. So I have no mercy on Paddy Stapleton, is what I say. Have no mercy on him. And you said I'm catching Peter Duffy. You know, my goal in life is to catch Peter Duffy, get ahead of him, and then get ahead of Colin O'Brien. Um, you know, they're the two things. Stay ahead of you and Paddy Stapleton, obviously. Um, but if right is right, Paddy Stapleton will get a points deduction and a suspension and... Uh, have his points frozen and whatever like could he go into administration over this i think he could yeah absolutely um and there'll be no supporters going to his games so they won't uh that's for sure not even the season ticket holders will be allowed to go to it but uh yeah look it's a bit of crack it's really heating up we've only got what two weeks of the predictions left and it's still all to play for a bad week could take you out of contention a good week could put you in contention for of course the uh trevor giles retro jersey and um, we will put it out to our listeners on uh on uh twitter in the next few days we're going to do a poll should paddy stapleton uh be allowed to keep his 30 what was it 30 points 
Or will he yeah, be deducted? Yeah. Will he be deducted the uh, the twenty points of bringing back to? Or is it eleven? Is it uh, eighteen points? Uh, deducted 18, 18 points. Yeah, a reduction of eighteen points. So yeah, we'll put that out to our listeners. Um, Davy, two weeks left and still all to play for, as I said. But anybody who out there who hasn't played it. Yes, you can come in and join, and you you won't be in the running maybe for the um, the Trevor Giles retro jersey. But there is the two hundred euro up for grabs every week, Timmy. Yeah, absolutely, Mickey. Uh, Con Cleary, of course, the the great Con Cleary, former Carton manager, Kel Selector, and present uh, Ballinlock manager. He was the winner of uh, round five and Con is collecting a hundred quid for his troubles. So it just shows um, there's savage prize money there on offer each week. So do join in on the fund. There's only a couple of weeks left in it. And thanks to everyone, including the We Are Meath crew, Mickey, who've supported it brilliantly throughout the course of the league. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Three euro if you haven't done it before. Um, go in there and show us how it's done. Um, Dave, we will move on now to our lotto segment. And um, I'm sure you have plenty, plenty of updates for us. Yeah, and the Chocolate and Royal Gales are the first ones up, Nicky. And the reason the first ones up is because uh, the We Are Me crew have uh, had a match three winner, would you believe? And uh, we will collect 100 euro or have collected 100 euro uh, along with Louise O'Gorman, who also got 100 euro for her troubles. The numbers 6, 8, 16 and 26, Mickey. We were one number away for that magic 13,000 euro, how close we were. But uh, look at 100 euro is, is a decent consolation prize. Um, the next draw takes place tonight, Monday at half eight, live on Facebook. 30,000 of a jackpot, 13,000 of a first reserve, and 6,800 of a second reserve with 200 added into that each week. If you're not in, you can't win on Club Force. Uh, Ball and Lock, letters drawn were F. G, M and V. No jackpot winner there. One match three winner was Gary Corcoran and he collects 100 euro. The next draw takes place in McCabe's on the 21st of March. A jackpot of 5,200 euro. Davey, Spring- just, on, just on the ball and lock one, um, it's the letters one. I, you can be guaranteed that if an obscene word comes out at any stage, they're going to have a multitude of winners sharing that prize. There's no doubt about it. I can think of two four-letter obscene words that I'm yeah. sure everybody has used the letters for their... Um, for. There's plenty of people who would have used those letters uh, for doing their uh, lotto down there. So I can't wait to see it. And yeah, the lotto was shared by... 36 people this week. <laughs> 36 Counter. winners. Yeah. <laughs> um, screen. <laughs> uh, from the 6th of March, no, numbers drawn were 14, 11, 21, and 28. Uh, no jackpot winner. Lucky dip winners were Des Manning, Jenny Banks, Ollie Tobin, and Cormac Kyo. Uh, 8,500 euro next week, and you can play it on screengfc.ie. Manalvi won 14, 17, and 22. Three 20 euro winners were Aidan Rooney, Fergal McCabe, John Mikko, uh, Riedlin, and Dennis. No second name on those ones. Uh, next draw takes place Monday, 1,000 euro for jackpot. Manalvi, gfc.ie, or on the Club Force app. Castletown, uh, 1,600 euro jackpot was not won. 8, 17, 22, and 26. Lucky dip winners were Connor Price. I feel like Connor Price comes out every week in the Castletown lot, yeah. literally every single week. Um, but anyway, uh, Donna Ross, Jerry Dillon, the McMartin family, and Paul Condra were the uh, lucky dip winners there. 
Uh, Navinomatnis, uh, they're going strong, aren't they? 12,650 uh, and growing. 3, 6, 27 and 29 were the numbers drawn. They had one match three, who was Melissa uh, Mealy. Uh, Google Club Spot Navinomatnis or download their app. Curaha, 7, 000, sorry, 6,800. Uh, next draw takes place on the 14th of March. Uh, they had no jackpot winner. Uh, Gerard Chute and Annette O'Hanrahan collect uh, 50 or each for being the match three winners. Two, four, five, and eight. Similar tire numbers, but not. Yeah, just out. <laughs> Picked all the other ones, yeah. Um, <laughs> pity. Uh, sorry, screen, yeah, screen of, of round through already. My own court at GFC, Mickey, uh, 8,300 jackpot, not one either. 520 euro winners, Pat McCabe, Cathy Miles. Tony McFadden, Pat and Vera Harford, and Brian Rennix. Numbers drawn are, were 5, 6, 23, and 29. Uh, we move on to 8,400 next week. The jersey winner was Alan Heary, and uh, you can play it on courtoundga.com forward slash lotto. Gail Columkill, uh, 12,000. It's still going. Uh, numbers drawn were 2, 12, 24, and 30. Two match three winners were Paul Murray and Orla and Jamie Tyrrell. They share 150 euro between them and they go again at 12,000. You can play that one on uh, the Gail Column Kill uh, website. Old Castle is the last one on my list, Mickey. 12,000 next Wednesday night on the Club Force app. Excellent. And uh, well, I have the two usuals from Centralstown and from Simonstown. Centralstown is still a massive 10,000 euro. Like it's. It's been 10,000 for quite some time now. You need to get on there and do that one. That'll be a nice little lift um, going into Paddy's Week or just after Paddy's Week, you could do with it, um, especially with Cheltenham on as well. Um, the jackpot is, as I said, 10,000. You can do it on smartlotto.ie or you can go to any of their social media pages and you'll find the link in there. Simonstown's draw last week um, was for 1,350. There was no winner. Uh, there was only one match three, and that was Chris O'Neill, the senior player. Uh, the numbers drawn were 11, 14, 22, and 26. Uh, next Friday, the 18th of March, the jackpot will be 1,400. Um, Jelly also just wanted to point out in the League of Ireland, Dundalk drew again on Friday night um, because he knows we want to know about that. And then he also said the grand opening of um, uh, his massage parlour, let's just call it, um, will take place on Tuesday the 22nd of March. Bookings will be taken from uh, the 22nd on and the room is really coming on. He's got some pictures in now um, of uh, different Simonstown teams that have won in recent times and um, yeah, it's looking really well. Anybody out there who needs a sports injury massage therapist or sports massage, um, get on to Jelly there um, and... Yeah, make a booking with him because uh, he's going to be a busy man. Very much so, Mickey. Uh, I think it's time for Instagram Interactive, isn't it? It is indeed. First up, let's get the soccer out of the way with Jack Walsh. He says, our national broadcaster, RTE, showing a rugby game instead of the Dublin Derby on Friday night. Hashtag disgrace. No. Oh. <laughs> it's a hard one to call, I suppose. Um both of them are imported sports, but I suppose rugby is probably played uh, a lot longer in Ireland. Okay, it doesn't have the same following as the League of Ireland, maybe, um, at, at grassroots level. But, um, yeah, he's going to have to take that one up with RTE, I suppose. 
Yeah, uh, thankfully that's soccer done and we can move on to more pressing matters with extra time sport in. And he said, great to see James McEntee back in there and doing well. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, the more players we can have back and the more players playing confidently and playing well towards the end of the league before we start the championship, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Next one in is from Daniel Johns and he just said actually winning. <laughs> yeah um yeah like it, it, it's just brilliant you know and i suppose it goes to show you how important it is to have nearly a full panel or, or to have the majority of your panel available to you it does yeah absolutely next one uh, is from extra time sports as well and he says lucky to be working at the Kerry versus mayo game has jumped ship from the royals Oh, what happened? Did he not come home from Kerry last No, week? he's still Maybe on the working holiday down there. Yeah. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Look, he was down, uh, extra time sports, he was down there for the hurling last week and he obviously got stuck chatting in a pub or something like that and lost track of time and said, well, sure, well, I'm still here, I may as well go to see Kerry and Mayo. Yeah, he's in there when he says candle was... Uh, Key, amazing what a candle can do, lads. So lucky to be working. Was actually in a church Sunday morning and he did light a candle for the meat senior football team. Ah, good stuff, good stuff. You just can't beat a candle, can you? It's the solution and cure to a lot of things, so it is. Craig DJ Manning just said Harry Hogan, the goat. Absolutely. And like Andy Colgan has been never present for the last number of years and has 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 given us great service, but Harry Hogan has just given us a new dimension and coming up and scoring five frees against the wind and uh, one of them uh, from the tight angle against the wind into the hospital end uh, and the way he struck it and sent it over the bar and he was running as he hit it, he was running back towards the goals because he knew it was going straight over the bar. I love to see that. Yeah, amazing, brilliant performance by Harry. Uh, Dylan Roach in and he says, Jordan Muldoon given a Gandalf the great type of performance you shall not pass yeah look Jordy Muldoon again great to see all the photos of the young Kells uh, lads out on the field with him after the game getting pictures with all them and Jordy Muldoon is, as I said like I said it a few weeks ago he's one of those players that got into the meat panel in the last couple of years maybe didn't get it a whole lot of go- game time but he bided his time he stuck with it he worked harder and harder and harder and now he's getting just rewards like he's cemented himself into that team yeah, very much so. Delighted for Jordy. He's gone from yeah. strength to strength. Uh, Colin O'Brien, uh, quite rightly picking out to bring a ball being back. Brilliant, he said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it was pointed out in fairness to Gary Alders, he pointed it out uh, last week. He was like, why is it not happening? He, he was showing pictures of all around the, the country and he was like, why are me not doing this? And, uh, you know, it was such a great um, spectacle at half time over the last year or two. Um, when it was happening in, in, in Mead. And um, yeah, it was just brilliant to see it. And just to see so many of them on the field at halftime, it's just yeah, class. class. Mayhem. It's mayhem. Uh, Sean Fitzgerald next in. I don't know what to believe from the trim lads these days. Like, I don't know if this is fact or fiction, but he said Jerry Duan with 1 2 from cornerback. Um, right. Well, I'll tell you what, Davey, you continue. And I'm just going to check something out. So I am. Okay. Go on ahead. Uh, next one is from Sean Doyle, and he says James McAtee being on the pitch 15 seconds before a clothesline. <laughs> oh, look, you have to let them Cork lads know that they're in. Uh, like, if it wasn't him doing it 
to one of them, they would have been doing it to him. Davey, you saw it. What did you think? Oh, I, I, do you know what? It was. It, it wouldn't be lost in the WWE. In fact, it looked more real than what the WWE lads would do with a clothesline. But uh, the best thing about it was when the referee dished out the yellow card, James McAtee was astonished that he was getting a yellow card. He took your man's head off <laughs> with it. But uh, it didn't affect his performance. He was brilliant after that. Um Shane Riley is next in, and he said, Shane Walsh, a great cut of a footballer and great to see Menton back up the Royals, see us all in Ennis. We saw what Shane Walsh was doing earlier on in the Saberson Cup um, this year, and, you know, he was lighting it up. And Mento is just a Rolls Royce. And, you know, how many games do we lose with Mento in the middle of the field in the first four games, Davey? You know, do we lose? Do we lose? Or, sorry... How many more points would we have picked up? It'd probably be easier because we two, drew two and lost two. Yeah. Um, Definitely we, two, I would say, and maybe even three. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a huge amount of love for uh, Jason Scully. Um, I don't know, do you want me to read them all out together as like a testimonial and tribute to the, to the man and then talk about him? Maybe Should we print them all and send them to him and tell him to save them for Valentine's Day for next it, year? It'll cost you. There's going to be a lot of ink used, I'll tell you that for nothing. Uh, Alan Moore just said the skull dog. Um, who else is in? CJ Healy says, don't understand how Jason Scully hasn't been a starter in recent years. Hashtag baller. Uh, Gareth O'Reilly said Jason Scully proving himself yet again baller Carl Gibney said the skull on fire Josh Halpin said the skull dog kicked a damnable score made a penalty good game um, Dylan Riley said very impressed with Scully lightning pace and smart on the ball just what me need Ben Gray said skull dog JP Purcell said Scully with a picture of the goat Joseph Blake said skull dog on top all emojis love that um, is there more? I'm trying to think. Uh, I think I think that's it. I think well, I've, like, I've saturated okay. all the Scully content for this week, Mickey. The thing about Jason Scully is we've, we've known about his undoubted talent for the last number of years. And, you know, I suppose last year being made captain of the club in Oldcastle, um, we've seen him mature since then as a footballer. And look at what's happening to him now he's blossoming and um, he's always been a, a wily old fox and you know bit of crack and the whole lot like and yeah we want scully to be a live wire and to be a bit of crack and the whole lot but he has matured so much as a footballer and you know sometimes players of like jason scully have potential and we know there's no doubt about that and a lot of them fade away and don't you know achieve their potential he's now starting to achieve his potential which is absolutely brilliant and there's so much more in him. And I can't wait to see how he develops over the next couple of years. But I really do think that making him captain of Oldcastle last year was the making of Jason Scully. Mm. Um, Leo Weldon said, super to have Menton back. Them two in midfield make a huge difference. Yeah, like there are, there are, you know, undoubtedly they are our, you know, number one choice midfield pairing. Um, and to be down both of them and to be down the likes of Breen Conlon for your first five games meant that you know you're not in your your first three choice midfielders and you're, you're going to have to adjust your panel and adjust your playing style a little bit so yeah it's it, we can't put a, a value on having the two boys back in the middle of the field 
Yeah, Jamie Flaherty echoed that. He just said, great to have the likes of Menton and Jones back. Great performance. Uh, James Flanagan said, Brian Menton, that's all. Um, and uh, Joe McQueenie says, work rate by the midfield and forwards in the first half was something else. Yeah, I was looking at, uh, I think it might have been the second half, though. Uh, we're really playing into the town end in the second half. Yeah. Um, uh, Cork were attacking. And the Cork, I think it was wing forward, was driving ahead and he was ahead of Brian Menton but a solo got away from him and Menton made it back in front of him and stole the ball off him and like the players the Cork players still should have had possession of the ball even though a solo got away from him because he was so far ahead of Mento but Mento got back absolutely brilliant Lush beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches at Husqvarna we have the perfect solution silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn placing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automore. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automore from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin & Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. We're going to have to rein Joseph Shepherd Brady in a little bit. He just said Mead for Sam 2022. I um, uh, I don't see why we have to rein him in. I think, you know, optimism is, is absolutely great. Um, and as long as he's not disappointed if we don't win it. <laughs> could be setting himself up that's the, the that's the caveat yeah yeah <laughs> um, brendan Byrne. i i actually didn't see this by the way so i can't really comment on it but brendan Byrne said cork's fullback pushing the steward oh i didn't see that either uh, i've seen that instant you've probably seen up in uh open oma between uh tyrone and dublin where um the Tyrone fullback, uh, shouldered. Um, oh yeah, shouldered. Cormac yeah. Cormac shouldered Dublin player, um, when he was through the, the the gates. What was Costello doing going through the gates anyway? I think getting the ball, but he didn't get the ball. He just stopped when he got through the gate and turned around and faced, uh, uh the Tyrone player. So yeah, um, yeah, it was an interesting one. And then he went down like a ton of bricks. But at the same time, but what he did was stupid he should never he named I, 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 I wouldn't mind it, Mickey on the pitch but it, it was the fact it was on yeah. concrete and you do hear horror stories that you know I didn't like it to be honest with you but anyway no neither did I no I, I, I'm by far and away not a Tyrone fan just like you know. <laughs> yeah, I know I knew that uh, Andy Smith says good win important let's build on it next stop Ennis just as important load of full stops in there just for emphasis yeah yeah absolutely just let you think about what he's just after saying I understand um, he's right uh, great win um, so I suppose confidence booster confidence builder we have to bring that now to Ennis next weekend yeah, Connor Lynch says Limbo Ward's impressive refereeing display in a friendly between Navan O'Matneys versus Rakenny. Oh, do you know any more about this? I know Lee Ward has uh, turned to refereeing. Obviously, still very much a keen player with Trambara, but uh, interesting to see a young player, young footballer, um, going to refereeing. And I think that maybe is a sign that the recruitment, um, in Mead with referees is is working. 
Yeah, um, no, and, and it's brilliant to see young guys getting involved. I remember in my mid-twenties when I was down in Cavan, I went down and did some refereeing, and I was playing county football at the time. So, um, you know, I just... You've been a referee? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a big uh, enough bollocks as it is, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can tell you a great story. So I got an absolutely brilliant story. But I loved it. And, you know, um, young lads that that are still playing football and refereeing, they're going to be fit and, you know, they can stay up at the play. And especially in underage football, you can talk to the young lads and, and give them some encouragement as well as refereeing and stuff. So, yeah, um, fair play to him. Look, he'd be working, should be refereeing. He's a great man to give encouragement, I would say. So um... and, and, and his opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Tiernan said the referee almost being as bad as your man in Tallah Stadium on Friday night. Didn't see that game, Mickey, so I can't comment on him. I didn't think the referee was bad at all. I, what I would say is he he was um, consistent on giving what might be perceived as soft freeze, but he was consistent. Like he was yeah. giving them for both teams and that. So um, I, I didn't think he had a poor game by any matter means, to be to be honest, versus some of the fellas that we've had in, in weeks gone by in that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um. GS Statsman says, fair play to Mead. Bounce back really well, and hopefully they can kick on now from a Cork fan, by the way. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, and, you know, um, it's good that they recognised how good Mead were on the day, because in fairness, all one Mead pundit recognised how pathetic Cork were on the day. <laughs> Makes you it know, feel bad, isn't it, when you oh, when you hear something like, like that coming? From. Well, well, do you know what? Like, you know, at the same point, I do agree with Colin O'Rourke's opinion on 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 how bad Cork were and all that. At the end of the day, they're amateur sportsmen, and I don't think we should be, you know, lambasting them using that kind of terminology and that language because that'd be you know, that'd be then turning them into semi-professionals if we were lambasting well, that sort. There of. is that, like, and whatever, but like comparing it to uh, the rugby. Um, uh, 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 at the weekend when after the game Ireland were after beating England Ireland were absolutely horrendous for 70 plus minutes in that game mm. and the the pundits were talking about it and, and in fairness to Eddie he just went nah that was absolutely horrendous and whatever and they turned on him mm. and you know it was let's stay positive here and, and, and not, Eddie you, we'll talk to you in a few minutes I want to hear some positivity we're after beating England and Twickenham yeah you're after beating England and Twickenham but it was a 14 man so what I'm saying to you is, is that I don't mind professional sportsmen who are paid to play um, getting criticised in that manner um, and I'm a, while I understand where Colin O'Rourke was coming from I don't think he should use that language about an amateur sportsman that's all yeah, Evan Nolan said uh, the Mead Minor Hurlers. I know Evan Nolan is playing ever so well for them. Um, they're going well, Mickey. Yeah, yeah, two wins. Uh, sorry, a win and a draw. I keep getting that wrong. It felt like a win last week against West Mead, even though it was West Mead who were the ones who got the point with the last puck of the game to steal a, a draw. Mead led that for large portions and whatever, but then to go to down and, and dismantle them the way they did this week. Um, yeah, really good things happening uh, at underage level with the Mead Hurlers. Here's lucky to be working, and he said that the Des Moines oh. lads are dressing up as watery hens in St. Patrick's Day Parade come Thursday. <laughs> watery hens. <laughs> oh, oh, Lordy, 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 Something Lordy. else, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, Sean McDonough says, great win, plenty of positives to be taken from that performance. 
yeah, I'm loving all the positivity this week. I really am. Because... I, I know that's. I did say it in the in the caption for it. It says, you know, talking points. Please try and be positive, lads, for a change. Yeah. Um, and they and have you been, know you know, what? by let's, and large. Let's stay positive and get behind the team and give them the bit of positivity and give them the clap on the back and give them the the support that they need to get over the line. Now. Uh, Robert Perfield said, "Mental swinging points with ease. Nature is healing." Yeah. Uh, look. Mento scores points from the Mento range. He, mm. You know, comes on the loop, and with the instep, he just curls them over the bar, and that's what makes it's just clockwork, is. isn't it? It's just so so easy. Uh, Dead taxes and Mento uh, with the instep. You know, yeah. the three things are guaranteed of. Uh, Gareth Lynch says Hickey, some player. Yeah, look, we we've said it about Carl Hickey, and we were worried, but we because we, we didn't think. That he would have made it back for this game um, himself and Robin Clark, but they did, and um, yeah, it's great to great to have, as we said, that the, the the panel getting stronger week on week. I don't know if this is uh, his own account or is it a parody account, uh, parody account or what it is, but it's PS tapes, and he said, Servish, Intok, Air, TG Catter, Difriok Moore, Lamentin, Irash, Ilorna Parka, V She Air Ellis. Yeah, well, Paddy Stapleton uh, is uh, fluent in Irish, so that was definitely P.S. Tapes. He went to Rakan, so he did. And, um, yeah, Paddy would love to um, give TG Carr their kudos and also Brian Mento, Brian Menton, who was her house. Yeah, uh, Ash Queenie, Mickey, would you believe? Um, this is Ashley McAtee, as formerly as we know her, but <laughs> yes, she's yes. since changed her name because uh, uh, she did get married to Daniel Queenie on Friday. And congratulations to them. And she just said, great way to finish the weekend, a great weekend for uh, the McAtee clan and indeed the Queenie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, brilliant and delighted for uh, Andy that he had a great weekend from start to finish. Very much so. John Kelly, he said, Hogan can play in goals for Mead for years. Different team with Menton. Jones is a huge player. This is the first time we are unbeaten in three games in a row since the end of the 2020 season. In those six, yeah, in those six games, Jones was available. Jones fit Mead are hard to beat. Missing all last year, only available second half versus Dublin and made a big impact. Look, that is something that has gone unnoticed until now. Is that is three games unbeaten? Mm. You know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. like that is, and nobody's talking about that until now. You know, like is that Mead could have easily lost against Offaly but didn't. Could have lost against Down as well. Should have won. You know, like there was, the, but they could have lost it at the death. Um, they didn't lose those two games. Now they get the win. And that's three unbeaten. Can we go four unbeaten? Can we get the winner to draw against Clare and uh, all but give ourselves uh, security in Division 2 for next year? I think it really is pos- positive. And as I said to you, there's a short run into the championship after the league. And we're starting to get the players back. And our performances are getting better and better. And fuck it. Mead for Sam. I'm going to say it too. Jesus Christ. Uh, Richie <laughs> Richie Keeney says, Jonesy, a Royals Royce of a footballer. Set the tone today. Yeah, look, again, everybody knows the quality of Jonesy and he's been doing it on the club stage and on the county stage for the last number of years. He's just, he is a Rolls Royce and he, there's, there's something 
different about Jonesy on the field to everybody else. He's he's got that little je ne sais quoi. You know, he's he is just a step above fitness or speed, agility. Um, yeah, he's got it all, all hasn't he? He's, he's, he's just, got everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shane Mangan actually just on that he says Menton and Jones best midfield parent in the country question mark I can't think of too many uh, better when they're fit and firing Mickey yeah no, that, that is a big statement it's a bold statement um, think of too, I had to think about it I couldn't think of too many better now more be and uh, who's more partnered by uh, in Kerry um who else would you be looking at? You can think um, of, you can think of like you can think of top midfielders, but um I, I can't think of too many better parents when they're at their brilliant best, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, they they, they are definitely one of the top parents, I would say, when you have them full fit and firing. Just on Shane Mangan, um tweet in from him in the last few hours today and it was of course that Mead have climbed above Cavan in the ELO banking system uh, that he has so anybody there um, on Twitter or I'm sure he has it on Facebook as well go to Shane Mangan's uh, um, social media pages and you'll see he has a formula worked out for um, for the rankings and uh, yeah Mead have climbed above Cavan for the first time in, in a wee while so we're all happy about that Proper order. Um, Sean O'Connell just said, best performance so far, great day out. Yeah, well, there's no doubt about it. And I suppose the difference was is going into halftime that you were leading with the wind behind your back in the second half. So you weren't, you still weren't chasing the game, so you could go out and express yourself a little bit more in that second half. Dara Victory reckons that James Conlon should have got a run. Well, I suppose number of players could have easily got a run with the with the manner of the victory and it being an eight point and it could have easily been more than an eight point victory um so yeah you you'd imagine that a few other players could have got a run all right um if we are going to be looking at um what's his name from trim sorry the fullback um luke Moore. luke Moore. It would have been the ideal time to bring him in um, if we're going to be looking at him as a replacement for McGill um, or, or, or backup for McGill this year. I think uh, Owen Harkin is, is probably... Already, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. but that's what I'm saying is that if you needed to bolster and have plenty of options that maybe he could have got a run in the last 10 or 15 minutes. But look, you could say that about anybody on the panel because they all work just as hard as each other off the pitch. Brian Flynn said, Mento back pulling the strings today. Could one say that we have a settled start in 15 after today? Yeah, it's funny. You know, that's that's what we're alluding to, is that we're getting close to the end the end of the league and we are starting to get what looks like it could be our starting 15 for the championship. Um, uh, that's hoping that there's not too many injuries between now and then. But we still have two massive league games to go. And yeah, it does seem like maybe the team will start to... You know, settle settle itself now. Yeah, uh, John Kelly back in again, and he said this Mead team have fight and character in them. Every time they are knocked down, they come back. When they have a bad loss, they always come back. There is good fight in this Mead team. Yeah, well, like even in the games they lost this year, Davy. You know that is one of the qualities that we saw. Okay, and the the quality of football mightn't have been the best against Galway and Roscommon the first two days, but 
the never say die and the fighting attitude in those both of those second halves was there to be seen in abundance. It was there against Down. It was there against um, Offaly as well. And we saw it all come together on Sunday against Cork. Yeah, Jack Nolan uh, echoed Evan's statement by saying super win for the minor hurlers in Newry. Yeah. Uh, Cahill Finnegan said that Flash Gordon would kick all Hogan's uh, points. Oh, there's a build statement. Do you agree? No. Uh, we'll see when's the night, actually, when they come to court time. Can he do mm. a call when's the night in court time, Flash? That, that, is, that is the big question, and that's the big test. Can you do it on a mm. cold night uh, in court time on a soggy old pitch? No, no. Uh, <laughs> Flash has been in touch, and he says that Rispin injured for Wednesday night lights. Yeah, Diddy. Uh, can you give us an update on your injury, or will I have to go to Andy McAdee to find out? <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't tell you. Um, <laughs> Mikey Cullen. Uh, well, are you going to give us an, an, an update on the injury? <laughs> I know. I can't give you an exclusive like that. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> Mikey Cullen said, surely James Toher is the answer at six. Didn't even make the 26. Well, who lined out at six uh, this Pora week? Carnan. Pora Carnan. Like, we, we, we talked about this. Like, Pora Carnan or, or Kyogi are the the natural uh, number six is like, oh, yes, of course, Toher be fantastic, but does does he, does he uh, Toher get in ahead of Kyogen or, or, or uh, Harlan? What do you think, Davey? Probably not. No, not 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 at the minute, uh, I would yeah. say. Um, great backup. Great backup, though. Great yeah, very much so. Last one in is from Colin O'Brien, and he says Mickey uh, being beat in both the team predictions and Nerdle. He's a little shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that. That's the bottom line. Oh, he's a little shit. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. He texts me today. Like I, I, we send each other through our Nerdles all the all the time. These are two uh, fucking nerds. That's all. That's uh, wrong. I don't mind being a nerd, so I don't. If you're if you're good at maths, you're good at maths, and we just send them through to each other. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't comment when I beat him, and that happens quite often. So it is, um, or on Wordle when I when I beat him on the Wordle. But you know he has to he has to just just because he had a good day. He beat me by I got thirty points in this week's GA predictions, and he got thirty three by virtue of picking the Derry and Roscommon draw. He got eight points for that, so that was a nice lift for him. But on all the other results, he 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 didn't do too well. Like he had, had he not got that draw, um, you know, he would have been well behind me. So he can go away and shite the like the little shite. Um, <laughs> what's your take on him? What's your take on Colin O'Brien? Let's let's have a Colin O'Brien. Oh, d- don't try and light him on me, Mickey, because he gives you uh, shit. He has he doesn't give me too much, so I'll I'll keep him at arms. Then it's hard enough to deal with PSTs, to be honest with you. I don't need Colin O'Brien uh, doing it to me as well. Yeah, uh, is Colin O'Brien on the same level as PS Tapes? That's that's another question. But he could be a protege for, for him. That's an uh, that's that's one for another podcast. Look, that's it from this episode of your We Are Mead podcast. And remember, Paddy Stapleton is a cheating prick. No, remember, We Are Mead. Why it matters more. <laughs>